I'll tell you what gives me imposter syndrome is whenever I'm on Zoom with John, because he's always got a lovely camera, hasn't he? Like it's I know, it's yeah, yeah. Crisp it's like crystal clear, great white balance, there's no light light glare. I am genuinely me. considering switching back to a webcam to cut out the distractions and how much it puts people off look at that depth f2.0 yeah. and he's got the backdrop for it as well hasn't he chris how how far do you lean back before you go out of focus like is is it like a depth auto focus auto focused on this ugly mug say wherever I oh go. you can that's so cool that's content isn't it you can't even see the auto focus going can an auto focus stop it dual it's pixel great. amos oh okay all right so yeah <laughs> Imposter syndrome, you know, so that's what that's one example when, you know, <laughs> I get my imposter syndrome gets well triggered when just whenever I talk to John. But John, um, I feel like you will you'll have some thoughts about this because we've discussed it before. So like what what is it like? What is imposter syndrome to you? Because it's definitely something like like a prevailing thing. Quite a lot of people get it and uh, and I get it and. But I didn't know until maybe a couple of years ago it was a thing. And I was like, oh, my God, this is a thing. Yeah, 100%. And I think it's one of those things that is actually, despite the way it's spoken about, neutral. I don't see it as being a negative or a positive thing. I think it, it really can be neutral because I think on the negative side, those causes are quite well documented. It causes people to to not start things that they should do. It causes people to not feel like they're qualified to do things that they actually can do or they need to start doing in order to learn how to do. Um, so it really can stunt a lot of people. Um, but I think there are instances for myself where it's actually been useful. Um, and one of those would be the YouTube channel that I'm going to be starting. So as a mm -hmm. very brief background, I've I did music tech at university and I work for a music tech company. So for the last seven years, music tech has been my full-time thing and my side thing. I'm now taking a break from that and coming on to doing more, more general topics, things like learning experiments, things like talking about where philosophy has helped me um, and trying to make that more palatable. I haven't taken a degree in any of this kind of stuff. I haven't studied any of it. So you get that voice in your head when you think about putting something out there in the world or talking about something, which is what qualifies me to do this. Why would people care right. what I think? What, why should I be doing this? And I, I've absolutely had those thoughts. I've been thinking about this channel for a couple of years now. The reason that I did mm. music tech is because I had an answer to that question. It was, I've done a degree in it. And that's my, that's like your permission, right? Exactly yeah. that. I, right. I thought that was, that was my permission. And I thought, that's what I'm allowed to do. You know, if right. people ask why I'm doing this, which no one ever did, but if people asked why I was doing this, it's, I've got a degree in it. I've made music before I worked for, for XYZ company. And it was useful to me in the sense that starting the new channel, I didn't just talk about myself. And I didn't just talk about things that I thought was inter were interesting. It really made me focus on how can I be valuable to other people? Because as long as you're being valuable to other people, it doesn't matter if you've got a degree in what you want to talk about or not. It doesn't matter 
if you've got 10 years experience on it or you've got a budding interest in it, which a lot of the things that I talk about, well, if not everything, is just a mild to moderate interest, really. Um, but that shouldn't stop me from talking about it as long as I'm not, as long as it has value to somebody else, as long as I'm not posturing mm. as something that I'm not. There's a, there's a YouTube course that I'm currently enrolled in and he, the, the chap that wrote the course sums it up really nicely. He says, you, you have to figure out your angle. Are you the expert? Which is what I never postured as with, with the channel that I was doing, but I had a little bit of experience in it. Or are you a learner or an experimenter? Be clear about that up front. So with this new channel, I'm absolutely in learning and experimenting and documenting mode. Mm -hmm. And the conversations that I've had with people, they've said, yeah, that's, that's the kind of content I'd really like to watch. And I know personally, if I saw a video that popped up that said my 30 day experience of trying to learn Python, I'd find that interesting because it's something that I've thought about before or doing woodwork or something along those lines. Like it's, it's more general stuff. It's not something I have a background in, but imposter syndrome told me what, what gives you the right to talk about that. But that made me stop and think about the angle that I came at it from making sure that it was useful to other people. Imposter syndrome be like, stay on, stay in your lane, bro. Exactly. Right? And, and people have said that to me. In, in the community that I'm in for this course, um, you have to introduce yourself. So I introduced myself and they ask you why, why you've started and, and I explained about my channel and, and whatnot. And several people commented saying, why are you coming away from a channel that's got X number of views, X number of subscribers, X amount of revenue? Why don't you just double down on that? Like you've, you've got a good thing going there why are you going over to this other thing where you're starting from scratch where no one knows you you've got no momentum you've got no authority why are you doing that um and that that didn't phase me one bit i don't i don't i already knew the answer to that and it was that i wasn't enjoying it anymore um yeah but yeah people do think this is my lane this is what i'm qualified in these other right. things are just interest this isn't something anyone wants to hear from me on but yeah i think there's definitely two sides to the imposter syndrome coin and it's it's how you use it really and so you said like that it's neutral which i which i thought was which was interesting i never i never really thought about that like imposter syndrome like it sound it sound it kind of out the gate sounds like a bad thing doesn't it something that we need to kind of like either ignore or like suppress or just like manage but mm. the way that you're saying it kind of there's kind of like maybe there's some value to it right i would i would say so and it sort of comes from a question that i've heard tim ferris ask a lot of people which is what's your favorite failure um right you know negative experiences like a business failing or a health issue can be yeah no no doubt they're sources of pain um mm -hmm. but the net result can be extremely positive or positives that that were on the other side of that pain that you just wouldn't have got to otherwise. So I think as, as with all experiences, you know, if you go really deep and philosophical about it, it's that everything's neutral and mm. it's was well, nothing is either good or bad, but thinking makes it so that sort of old sure. quote like, perspective. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. But, um, yeah, I think there's, there's a lot of value in that and it's a lot of it is to do with framing. 
Mm. So what what happens when it's bad? Like what when it's when it's having a negative effect? What is that? What is that? Uh, yeah. What negative does effect does it have on you, or does it have on people? So I I can talk to it from my perspective, but I'd really like to right. hear it for, from you guys as well. But I think for me, the negative would have been if if it had stopped me from doing this new channel and I'd been carrying on doing something that I don't enjoy, yeah. that would have been yeah. a negative. Um, and the imposter syndrome is part of that, but it's also my interpretation of that mm -hmm. imposter syndrome. And I guess if I framed that imposter syndrome as that is an absolute barrier that I can't get around, then that would be a negative thing because I'd do, still be doing something i don't enjoy mm -hmm. um imposter syndrome was there it's, it's there's no argument about that i think there can be an argument about whether it was positive or negative in in my case and i think it was positive because it narrowed down my focus and it made me really think long and hard about why i was doing what i was doing it was just it put the brakes on really and i didn't i didn't just fly into it and i feel like what i do with this channel will hopefully now be more useful because that imposter syndrome was in the way so it's okay. now a more considered approach but yeah i'd be really interested to hear what your experiences have been with it yeah i mean for me like it's you know it it crops up right and it sounds like who are you to do this or like what authority quote unquote authority do you have to do that mm -hmm. Um, yeah. and when, when I ask it, oh, what authority do I need or what, what permission do I need? It doesn't really have any solid answers, right? Yeah. You know, when I question it, so, like, well, you, you know, you don't have as big of a credit list as someone else or like, you know, you don't have this or you don't have that, or you didn't go to this blah, 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 you know, but then my way of rationalizing, I mean, my, the rational response I have is like, this thing that I'm doing or creating can impact or be of value to the person, whoever that is, the, the audience, if you like, or the, the recipient. It could be of value to them because their problem is this and this is my solution to that problem. Mm. That's the rational version of it, right? That's But it's not like it is a rational problem, is it? Like you're trying to, sometimes you're trying to solve an irrational issue with a rational uh, approach but it's like it's like trying to it's trying it's like trying to reason with a child who's just you know losing their mind or whatever like you try you see parents do it and you know i'll probably do it one day when it's like trying to reason with something that is just not coming from a place of reason right yeah um so yeah i mean for me it, it crops up quite a lot i mean i have my own kind of ways of like dealing with that and like i have things that i have written down i have things that i refer to to kind of like remind myself of why i do what i do and who i do it for um because the way because what i do and the way that i do it comes from a, a place of like uh like i see i you know i see issues and opportunities in the way things are being done and i'm looking to bridge some of those gaps um because you know, and I, yeah, I remind myself of the why, right? As opposed to too much of like the what and who else is doing it and why I have permission 
and why others have more permission or whatever that might be you know um but yeah it's not like it's not you don't solve it once right it's not like a mm. yeah you don't solve it once so it is it is a difficult thing but like i've read a few things about it um some things that i'll i'll link in the uh show notes but it's one of these things like like i said whenever whenever i confront it let's say it is imposter syndrome itself or that voice or whatever it doesn't really have any good answers for me mm. You know, and it's not like a exactly a constructive voice in yeah. the whole thing. So at that point, I'm normally like, oh, okay, cool. Well, this is just me being insecure. Mm. Cool, fine. Am I gonna, am I gonna try and do what I do and build what I'm trying to build on insecurity, or am I gonna try and build it on solving other people's problems and the opportunities there? Mm. Um, sorry, Chris. Like, I feel like I, I. I, I want to come back to something that you, that you both said, which I which really sort of stuck in my mind as we've been talking, is the word authority, because you both mentioned mm. it when you were describing, when John was describing it, and then when you, Chris, were describing how it affects you. And I, I think that's a really key factor in imposter syndrome, is that we build a construct around things um, with, with, with an authority. So why can't you do something? Oh, because... There is something, whether it's irrational or rational, whether you've made it up or society or just mm -hmm. the way the world feedbacks to you, that you do not have authority to do X, Y, Z. So um, I cannot go and do that job because I don't have a degree or I've never done it before. The word authority feels very strong, demanding, mm. unbreakable, institutional almost. And, and I think that's why it's so dangerous because it does feel very real Re regardless of how abstract it can be and that it's all to do with the self i mean there is no there is no imposter syndrome police who go around um like uh, what's going on here then yeah yeah <laughs> what do you mean you're trying to do a podcast when you're a master engineer like do you know what i mean like but it is it's, it's true isn't sunshine. it yeah in, and I, I, it just really stuck with me when you guys said that word and I thought, yeah, it is. It is, is 100% about you not allowing yourself to do something. Mm. It's not mm. even a... I'd like to know why it's called imposter syndrome. Um, I, I'd really mm. love to get into the, into the etymology of, of why is that because, like, why, why are we culturally given... I, I know as a, as a society we always like to give names to things we we can't just let things be a descriptive term we always have to give it a, a name and a, a sort of yeah, short right. thing but i i just i just found it really interesting that it does just come back down to we set these standards of ourselves or society and then we live by them through no quantifiable reason at all we've just decided and and like when john was saying you, you spoke to those people they go well you, you've already got this this and this so you're insane for wanting to go and do something else. Why would you do that? And then I'm sure a tiny part of your brain, John, went, oh, yeah, why am I doing that? Thank goodness you didn't stick with it and you didn't, you, you, you brushed it aside and you pushed through and you gave yourself the authority to go and do something else. So I think my point really is, is the fact that there's an authority about stopping you. So the answer, you could say, to imposter syndrome is giving yourself the authority to do these things because if the authority to stop you is meaningless and comes from nowhere you should barely give yourself the authority 
from nowhere, from just you going, yep, I'm going to do it. Then you don't have to give any reasons or back it up or give context or give a reasoning. You just go and do it. Now, I know that's incredibly easy to say and incredibly hard to do. Me personally, imposter syndrome can almost stop me every single day in my job and what I do and decisions I make. Yeah, right. I mean, also, it's like, does this thing, this uh, entity, this imposter syndrome thing, you know, is it like, you know, sometimes my reasoning to me, I'm like, okay, if I keep listening to this voice, how how much stuff am I going to get done? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, how how conducive is it to the mission? Like, you know, how, um, yeah, like, is it trying to help? Is it there to help me? Is it actually giving me solutions? Is it, like, solving problems? No, so maybe I shouldn't listen to it so much. Do you think, though, imposter syndrome is can also be an aid to people who want a reason not to do something because oh, i know 100%. we've we we touched on this before um create again let's just keep it in the box of creatives in that general term for the, for the sake of this discussion artists producers anyone doing this kind of stuff it's hard it's difficult there's no roadmap everyone's trying to figure it out we could go into all that in different pod in a different podcast so imposter syndrome is in the long list of things which you can go, well, I couldn't do that because actually I'm not qualified or actually I haven't got enough followers or actually I don't have the skills to do that. I'll just leave that. And also that can be comforting because people like a reason why they haven't done something rather than admitting to, I just couldn't be bothered or I wasn't brave enough or I didn't push the boat out. And mm -hmm. again, I'm not blaming anybody because i've done that and i'm sure both of you have done that we, we, we probably all bailed on something a bit early or not pushed at something quite as hard because there was that small thing in the back of your mind going that's going to be tough i might as well go and do something else it's not Definitely. a problem i just I, I just wondered whether you two had any thoughts on that or i mean i probably did it two or three times for breakfast <laughs> yeah. this morning well, it, well, that's the thing. It's so normal now. Like, when did this word come into our culture? I mean, I've only really heard people talk about it in the last two, three years. And then actually regularly people that I wouldn't expect to know about it have been talking about it in the last six months. I think something that Chris C. said that really resonated is the way that that you've dealt with it in the past. And I think you noted that like having things written down, like your why, your mission, mm. who you're helping. Um, and I think for a lot of people, maybe this isn't the most efficient way to deal with it. Maybe there is a better way to deal with it, but it feels like most people have to reason with it. You have to reason yeah. with that voice and you have a really good template for doing that, which is um, imposter syndrome says, what makes you think that you you have the authority to take money off of artists to manage them when there's all this free information out there whatever the voice is saying and you have your mission written down you know how you help people you've got past examples of how you seriously helped people um and you can reason with it in that way and it's yeah maybe it's getting tugged into a battle that you shouldn't need to be in in the first place that's probably a different conversation but i think the way the the coping mechanism or the the defense sort of strategy that you have for that it is really powerful and i think it comes back to sort of what i was saying about it potentially being a positive thing because it 
it keeps you focused on why you're doing what you're doing. Right. It's the dog mm. clipping at your heels to keep you moving in the right direction, maybe. Um, and having that clarity is something that not a lot of people have. It's something that I feel like I have with this new channel, which I'm really grateful for. But yeah, I think that's a really positive thing to do. Yeah, because for you, like, you're going to make that content and then someone on the other side of the world is going to leave a comment on the on the video and it's going to impact them. And that's it. You know what I mean? That's yeah. like, that's one of those things. Like, you know, then that's all the proof of concept that you need, isn't it? Right? Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, someone said, I think, uh, I can't remember who said it. Oh, I do actually. It's like a previous business coach of mine. He said like, trust is the highest form of authority, right? So my I've built trust in my clients. They trust me to do the job and I trust myself to execute, right? Like when I take on the client, like I know, I know I'm going to work. Like I know I'm going to turn up and be the best me possible and do the, do the input. Actually, this that's actually kind of a, a good thing, actually. Like, one thing that I've kind of trained myself to focus on is input more than output, right? So, like, at the end of the day, I can only do input. So I can only uh, measure myself on the quality of input rather than any output that I get back, right? Or any output that arises because output's a lag indicator, right? It's it's um output is is a yeah a lag of input right the output comes after sometimes bloody ages after right mm. like you know and um so when i take on my client i'm like i'm taking on this client or or whatever like i've committed to something i'm gonna do my bit i'm gonna do the input and you know they trust me to do that and i trust myself to do that cool we have a goer. That's a good thing. Let's move forward with that. Um, and I know in my head, I'm like, well, I'm just going to, you know, do my best and keep working, uh, you know, until I'm satisfied with my, with my input. And hopefully they're satisfied as well, right? And obviously my satisfaction will be based on theirs as well. It comes back down to getting up in the morning, right? Like it's because in order for us, for any of us to get shit done, like do good stuff, help other people, you know, are you going to get up in the morning and do it? Like sometimes, for example, I'll have this kind of like dialogue in my head where I'm like, oh, but anyone can do what I'm doing. But then I'm like, yeah, but I'm doing it. Yeah. I'm yeah. doing the work. Like it's not, it's not, a, not, it's not a matter of can or, or how, or, or will I do, will I, or will I not do the work? I'm doing it. I'm doing the work. Yeah. Anyone can do it. But right here in this room, I'm the guy doing it. Yeah. Right. Um, the quality of the work is that's subjective to me. It's subjective to the person receiving it. It's subjective to the market or whatever. Um, but I'm doing it, you know. And tomorrow, hopefully, it'll be like so marginally better that that's fine. Frankly, none of what any of us do is bloody rocket science either, right? It's not the most complicated stuff. We think it is, but it, come on, chub, it's not, <laughs> right? It just bloody ain't. And anyone could do it. Like I could probably teach any anyone any of our jobs pretty quick right but we're doing it 
we're doing it every day. We're getting up in the morning and doing it. I think society and culture has a lot of emphasis on who can do stuff, but not so much on... Yeah. Like, sometimes I have to remind myself that what I'm doing is my bloody job, right? I have to be like, if you don't have authority to do what you do, who on earth does? Because you do it daily. Like, this mm. is your bloody job. And I've had clients say it to me before, like, when, you know, they've reminded me in some context or another, they've gone like, oh, yeah, well, this is your job. And I'm like, yeah, right. This is my job. You know, this, this isn't, this is what I'm actually doing. I can sense a book re recommendation coming on. Here we, we can, go. I can't believe I can't believe we've got this far into this episode. I saw John lean back towards the bookshelf. One of you's normally timing me, but I haven't actually told you what it is yet, so <laughs> the timer can keep running. But um, it was it was an idea that I read, which which I really liked, and it it put it into monetary terms, which which was really cool. It was ideas times execution equals result. Um, if there's zero execution, then your idea gets multiplied by zero. Is is zero? Like there's there's nothing there. It's it's not that hard to do most of the stuff that anyone does, but the execution is is what's difficult. And yeah, I think a a a lot of it comes down to that. Absolutely. I'm not sure if the salute. I mean, I'm not. By the way, like to anyone who's listening like i'm not um you know if anyone's listening to this podcast and expecting a solution i'm not gonna like, say like oh by the way listen to this um maybe sans a book recommendation that john has but like i don't think i think it's one of those things where and i, and I, I think this might be a partly an age of information thing where we we try and google problems away right yeah like there's some abstract solution and like one thing that you're gonna hear is gonna change your life or change your like sometimes there's a that's why everything yeah, yeah right that's why i was really fond of like um quite impacted when john said like it's neutral like don't my my interpretation of that was like don't like basically react to this out the gate like it's a bad thing it's not it's not a good thing but nor is it a bad thing you know and like john said if it says something and it sends me into a course of action that uh has me looking again at my why and my principles and all of that stuff maybe just for that value it was a yeah. good because it sent me in that direction it, it made me do that by by definition of having imposter syndrome you're pushing the boat out going to new ground challenging yourself yeah. uh yeah. trying something new you're out of your comfort zone so yeah, yeah. I, and you're absolutely right chris I, I really like the fact that john you started it off positive like you went straight for the positive about it because actually i think it'd be very easy for us to do a podcast about oh imposter syndrome is tough and, and it's difficult and I think actually well yeah but it's part and parcel we either accept that it's a thing we can't just mm. we can't just go oh i haven't got it tomorrow like you wake up and you're cured of imposter syndrome because then mm. it means you aren't doing anything creative new or challenging yourself and or, also yeah. like Carry on, sorry. I say, or, or you're so self-unaware about what you're doing. Like, like that's also the thing. Like, if you're overly cocky about everything you do, you wouldn't have a you wouldn't have imposter syndrome because another part of imposter syndrome, which we'll, I'm sure we'll go into in a second, is like once you have achieved something, you don't claim ownership of it, and you don't feel like you earned it or you deserved it as well. And that's like the after effects of the things you achieve. And 
we've we've just been talking about the the bit that allows you to go off and try something new or go into something new. But actually, there's a whole section of imposter syndrome sat around you finishing a project and going, well, actually, most of it was luck, or actually, it was the person I collaborated with. They did most of it, really. And you start to mm -hmm. self deconstruct your own worth mm -hmm. to make it yourself feel better about what you've done, which I think is a complete bag of mental chemistry that I would love to ask a psychologist about, about why people do that. Like, it's like being handed the medal for bringing the 100 meter sprint and going, well, actually, most of it was the, was the trainers I wore. Like, could you imagine an athlete doing that? I mean, it'd be, it'd be insane, wouldn't it? Right. I mean, you you came onto a really good point, which I was gonna bring up as well. Is like, like sometimes part of the dialogue, might part of the reconciliation process that I go through, <laughs> is like, well, the fact that you are even in this dialogue internally right now means you obviously give a shit. Yeah, you can. Like, you know, if you if you were actually a charlatan, like you probably wouldn't be giving a shit right now. Like, mm. you know, like because you just wouldn't because you would be a uh yeah a charlatan yeah. right you just wouldn't give a shit like i spend a lot of time you know like in my head like am i bringing value am i bringing value am i bringing value am i bringing value constantly probably more than necessary and most many of my like peers and mentors around me they're like yeah dude you're probably you, you might even be over delivering right yeah but um like but it's only because I'm like constantly like, am I bringing value? Am I bringing value? Does, is this worth something? Is yeah. this worth something? And I know it, I know it does. And I, I know it is and know it does and blah, 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 you know, and I have plenty of affirmation at this point. You know what I mean? Like plenty of affirmation um, from, you know, who I'm doing it for and, and for other people as well. Mm. But the very fact that I'm going through these dialogues internally, sometimes I'm like, well, I'm, you know, I'm, I clearly give a shit yeah right like because i'm constantly like have a low, low low level anxiety hum in the back of my mind about this is it. great this is great like honestly we should be telling people if you do something you don't have imposter syndrome then actually that should be the worrying thing like you yeah, we shouldn't yeah. be worried about having imposter syndrome imposter syndrome is great it proves exactly you said chris like it proves that you care you you are invested that everything you do in that project turns out well because if you don't mm. think that then you said that if you're overly cocky or you're not really bothered or you just don't really care what happens post the project or the call you're going to make mm -hmm. or the client you're going to sign then maybe you shouldn't be doing it and you aren't the right so like you you aren't the right person for doing it so the person with imposter syndrome doesn't believe they're the right person for doing it and they absolutely should be and the person without imposter syndrome believes they should be the person to do it and they shouldn't be the person to do it yeah i mean everyone hires the person that comes back to the um comes back to the uh thing i said before about trust being the highest form of authority right yeah it's it's where like my clients or like people that i hire everyone hires the person that they think gives a shit like will will care and will spend brain cycles on them and their problems right um so so yeah and like because at the end of the day especially doing what we do like the stuff that we do which is you know kind of like obviously well within the realms of creativity and art and all of that stuff you can't do this stuff without giving a shit it's like impossible you know, so when I'm, I've, I've referenced this before, but like 
you know that the joke like oh why do you do it and it's like for the money lol yeah you know because, <laughs> because yeah it's obviously not that yeah. right you know it's it's no. and that's kind of one way that i'm doing it in my head i'm like well you're obviously not doing it for the money because that wouldn't be a very good idea if that was your motivation precisely yeah yeah i i really do think some people need imposter syndrome that, that don't have it and i, oh, I yeah. don't wish yeah. any of the negative connotations on that obviously don't want to make people anxious and depressed that's that's a whole different ball game i think it can be just a kick in the right direction because you see people that start youtube channels and it's just a look through their day uh, or yeah. like life update to my three subscribers maybe that's a really good thing but maybe there's not a lot of value in that whereas if that person had imposter syndrome not even imposter syndrome just just thought what value is this going to bring to other people and and sort of sense checked that i think that that could probably be a positive thing and i think it does come down to asking better questions and, and reasoning with it um there yeah. was something like a, a theme has been going through my head throughout this whole conversation and i think where i definitely get derailed a lot of the time um i don't know if this is the same with you guys but it's um comparison to, to other people since i've not been i haven't had instagram or facebook for a little while and it's been really really helpful but um had this weird experience might sound a bit random but bear with me i was fishing last weekend and we were my dad and i were walking around the lake talking to people um my dad's mate hadn't caught my dad hadn't caught i just showed up and this, these people were over on the other side of the lake were having a great session um a lake record came out and the normally that would be like that would be a conversation where people were envious but the the bloke that we were talking to was like, good on him. Mm. And that jarred me a little bit. It's like, because normally when we look at people that want what we have and are doing what we want to do when we're not succeeding at it, we're envious and we don't, mm, we don't yeah. just praise them for that or, ju or congratulate them or see that in a positive light. We see that as like like it's a zero sum game like there are other fish in this lake that you can catch that like is they <laughs> haven't taken all of your opportunity this isn't a zero sum game you know there's mm. there's, there's abundance out there and comparison comes down to like this person's making great youtube videos so i feel crap or this person's putting out content on tiktok and instagram and youtube and has a full-time job and i'm not doing anything close to that that's where you can get into trouble, I think. But just Definitely. that switch of seeing the other person's win as a good thing. I think if your goal is happiness, which is a lot of people's like ultimate goal, it's a nicer state to be in, just being happier for, for other people. And that doesn't completely solve the problem, not even close. But I think it's just a yeah, I thought that was an alignment. It's good. It's good mental gymnastics, isn't it? it, it it's good. It's, it's it's a good mental workout to go. Yeah, that that person's succeeding in what they're doing, and it's very similar to 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 mine. Great. I just had feedback from the world telling me that what I'm about to do is possible, yeah. and, and that's fantastic. And that should be the that should be the thought process. Now, it's not always, 
and social media and society structures fight against that constantly. Mm-hmm. As you said, John, like just being away from it means that you don't partake in that sort of game. Yeah, right. Has has that been a massive impact? Do you think? Like, could you ever see yourself going back on any of those platforms, or or are you just hands off that now? I I'll never say never, but I don't see the value of it mm. in in the immediate future. And um, I was listening to something earlier. A really fantastic author on a podcast was saying he wrote a book about human connection, and he didn't even know what the word influencers was he was trying to talk about this popular instagram person he was he was like i don't know he couldn't come up with a word and mm. it was influencer it was it was a really popular instagram influencer read his book got in touch with him and said i'm so alone i'm so depressed i don't want to get out of bed in the morning Whoa. five minutes beforehand and put up a story everything's great look at me five minutes afterwards and exactly the same thing but they inside they just felt completely empty yeah Um, but the thing is we all know this like everyone that's on instagram knows that it's a curated version of people's lives it's never the full story but we still compare ourselves to it um it's it's a really hard trap to try and come out of i think people talking more openly about it and posting about the bad days which i think yeah i think there's real value to that i've seen some linkedin posts go viral recently that that are people sharing like things are really shit at the moment this this has gone wrong this has gone mm. wrong and and this isn't a message about how i've turned it around this is just what it is um and seeing right. more of that i think is i think it's helpful it's not something that everyone feels comfortable doing it's not something i do much but i don't share the positive side of it either really it's i'd find it easier just not not to share but but yeah comparison is a big one that i think comes into I, it, it's, it really does still plague me with, with this new channel. It's something I haven't figured out. Um, but yeah, mm. I'm, I'm sure that's something that, that you guys are familiar with as well. That anecdote just then, Chris, that's a clip, mate. Like that, what about the, about the influencer who like posted, what, like five minutes yeah. before they sent that email, like that everything's great. And then they sent that email to the author, yeah. right? um saying oh like actually i'm really lonely and all of that (laughs) stuff that right there that is the whole thing i mean something like i think you've alluded to actually that um resonated with me earlier as well is um you said zero sum a lot right and then you said abundance so like that comes down to like scarcity mindset and abundance mindset right so I think culture perpetuates a scarcity mindset. I think also actually powers that be perpetuate a scarcity mindset uh, about things. And I think there are some groups who have a vested interest in people thinking that way. Never mind. Um, (laughs) But uh, the... uh, Because... You see, you hear people talking about success like it is some finite commodity that we dig out the bloody ground. Like, oh yeah, newly discovered vein of success found in the grounds of blah, 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 blah. That doesn't happen. It isn't a finite quantity. Uh, It's not a finite commodity, right? You know, so when people say like, oh, their, their success is, you know, when people frame things like someone else's success is like their, uh, like they've siphoned success away from other people, like siphoned 
happiness away from other people. I'm like, how are you measuring that? Yeah. Like, show me the data. Like, what, what, what finite commodity are we talking about here, right? Um, because there isn't, right? There isn't someone, someone else's success. It's just a proof of concept that, you know, like, actually, I'll give you, a, I'll give you a kind of example. So this is a weird example, but um, and maybe not relevant or helpful but the and that's me hedging right there isn't it imposter right? syndrome but, um, yeah yeah that was a fucking hedge <laughs> that was a massive hedge and chris is drinking beer um the what was it oh yeah so uh so a year ago i was in germany i was staying in germany right i, I was staying in germany for a bit um and then you know, because of the pandemic, um, you know, I eventually decided to go back to the UK to be closer to my family um, and, and such things. Um, and obviously here in the UK at the time of this recording, like we're almost fully out of lockdown as it currently stands and stuff like that. So I've been I've been at the beach. I've been at the pub. Right. I've been at restaurants. And I've been having a good time and everything's been feeling great. And like any, like many people do who carry a smartphone in their pocket, uh, they take some photos of it. And then, um, and I'm still obviously very much in touch with my friends in Germany, but they're still in lockdown, basically, for the most part, they're still in lockdown. And, uh, and when I'm chatting to them and they're like, oh, what have you been up to? sometimes i share what i've been up to and sometimes i don't yeah and sometimes it's like sometimes i'm like I, i'll share a photo of like i don't know me being in brighton or whatever and sometimes i won't because i'm like am i showing them hope or am i showing off great point yeah you know i mean and it's like i know i know that i'm showing hope i'm like hey look you know you're probably you're gonna be out soon you're gonna be out doing these things but it could also be construed as like, um, you know, oh, you know, you've got something we've got, uh, we haven't got, mm. right? And then that's like zero sum. That's kind of a vague example of that. But like, it's it comes back down to that mindset. Like, it comes back down to like, you know, um, this kind of zero sum kind of scarcity mindset that culture perpetuates quite a lot, you know. And like, when I was like... A, like on you know social uh on like instagram and 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 stuff like that yeah i mean like as you're scrolling you're just con constantly fed um the curated highlights of everyone's lives and for some reason we can keep consuming it endlessly um and you know it does just you do just compare yourself like oh i don't have that or my posts don't get 250 likes or like you know my hair doesn't look that good or whatever you know, and it does like obviously it's very conducive to this comparison thing, but like this comparison thing is weird, right? It's it's like why why are you what's the value like I I I th there's obviously some value in like comparing yourself to other people, but it de like depends why you're doing it, right? Like if I compare myself to like if I'm for, for example at the gym, right? It doesn't do me a lot of favors to compare myself to Dwayne Johnson, right? 
but it does comp- it does do me some favors to compare myself to myself a month ago to see progress mm-hmm. right like yeah it there might be motivational value in me looking at you know Dwayne Johnson's Instagram or or, or whatever maybe a little bit this is I don't do that by the way I, I don't even go to the gym what am I talking about <laughs> but like <laughs> <laughs> like, come on! What you almost had us, Chris. Then you that? almost had us. <laughs> Chris, actual imposter. Um, so, uh, you know, but uh, but it would be, you know, it's just like, well, I'm doing better than I was a month ago, mm. and I'm probably doing worse than I. Hopefully, I'm doing worse than I am doing in in a month's time, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, com- comparing yourself to your timeline in a in a positive way, because I think let, let's just keep with the positives on that, like that's so much more valid you said like where am i today from last week okay maybe i should try yeah. harder because i'm not as far as i thought it would be or, or, or over a year or over a month or six months as you said rather than just comparing yourself with the person who's doing something similar to me who's only posting potentially heavily edited heavily created or even fake like let's we, we go into a whole side angle into like the the, the the fakeness of a lot of posts and most advertised posts as well really interesting uh, instagram article about that um and but we still do it and we still have this inbuilt thing to be like oh okay yeah yeah well they've they've got all the excess for this month in that field oh it's all it's all dried up it's, I, I really like what you said chris about the the, the finite amount of success because that's how it does feel um yeah, especially right. like if we're just talking about like mus- musicians, like that's that's a constant struggle. Everyone going, well, what can another pop group do that a billion pop groups have done before, or what can a, a, a singer songwriter do that a singer songwriter hasn't done before? Yeah, but you've never done it before. You've never put your heart and soul into it. You've never pushed boundaries that you didn't know you could push, etc. So the imposter syndrome, whatever we want to call it now, are we, are we going to come up with a new name on this podcast? <laughs> just just inhibits you at every stage of the creative process. And I just, I find it terrifying when you think about some people you know, because I certainly know some people where I'm like, I know they could be way further in their career or even their life, even in life choices with, with imposter syndrome. And they haven't made those steps. And I just think it's, it's, it's distressing. What what do we do, guys? What do we do? Um, I... talk to people. Like literally, what we're doing now yeah, is shout. is having. This is why, like, if you are in, that's a good idea, isn't it? In all in, in everything, um, to do with mental health, talking about it is always good. Like, uh, let's let's get that straight off the um, straight out of the gate. And and I think actually that's one of the things which I find helps with my imposter syndrome is when I jump on a call with John or when I jump on a call with Chris or colleagues I work with and you think actually when you have people who give you the authority to be proud of yourself that can be a great way of tackling imposter syndrome is, is surrounding yourself with people who aren't yes people who aren't just a sounding board for your own emotions but will encourage you when you need to be encouraged or help you out with a decision when you genuinely need to make a decision on something and you think am I making this out of fear am I making this out of imposter syndrome am I being held back by my own thoughts and actually, just having a group of people around you who you trust can be really valuable in that setting, I think. 100%. And I can't overstate the amount of value that I've got from, from, from this group. 
which which is so powerful and i think to to add on to that people that you know are a massively useful source of that but not everyone has that what everyone yeah, yeah. by and large does have is a, an instagram account or a facebook account something along those lines where you can choose what you interact with and i think we need to curate that more carefully um and 100%. there are there are so many really positive voices one that stands out at the moment uh, is a guy called stephen bartlett he's um an entrepreneur from the uk he's actually the latest person to become a dragon on dragon's den at, at the age of 28 um so he's made history in that nice. sense he's um he's got a really good podcast which is where i came across that quote i'll, I'll dig it out actually because um for the uh, the instagram model kind of kind of quote uh, that's where i got it from um he nice. posts like even just seeing in or in this sort of barrage of people posturing and nothing like nothing against that that's what everyone does on social media um he you'll come across a post he posted one the other day it was just a screenshot of a tweet that he put out which was i'm too busy watering my own grass to check how green yours is Mm. um and like little snippets like that they do just i think that's over the last five six years i've consumed so much of that and i haven't solved all of the problems but it got me to the point where when i chose to choose like make this change in terms of my channel i had complete unshakable confidence that i was doing the right thing because i wasn't enjoying the previous thing yes i'm leaving like a moderate amount of success on the table there and if you look at it numbers wise but I just have even with peak complete strangers like and people I know like questioning the decision I didn't waver and that confidence was not just intrinsic to me I wasn't born with that that's the voices like you're the you're the sum of the five people you spend the most amount of time with that we hear that a lot but that doesn't have to be people in real life if it is all the better but it doesn't have to be you can listen to positive podcasts you can just follow people like gary mm. v stephen bartlett on instagram um just to break up the the barrage of of what of the comparison that's causing the problem yeah definitely i think there is a lot to be said for like positivity like i, I think there's a lot to be like at the end of the day right if you're gonna get up and do something you you like positivity won't help you get up and do it uh, positive positivity will do optim optimism will do right like everything that we do like even on an economic level when you look at macroeconomics of things not necessarily macro but like when you look at things it's like well everything is built on some optimism of the future right otherwise it wouldn't have been built right everything's a bet isn't it yeah. at the end of the day um but uh there is a lot to be said about positivity because like you know like i you know i have a a circle of people who I will talk to when I need that sort of positive reinforcement, when I need, I just need some sort of feedback loop that I know is going to get me going in the right direction, right? In, in a positive headspace or whatever. But because there are many people who you will talk to, like I know people, right? Um, who, are, and I, th- I think this is quite a distinct difference in people personally. There are people who ought to, who will first go to no and then people who first go to yes. 
like when you present them with an idea, but some people just default. They mm. go, they immediately look for the no's first. And some people look immediately look for the yeses. And just generally, you've got to go with the people who are going to give you, like, you're going to go to yes first. Yeah. Like, you just got to. Because if you go to no first, that thing's done. And, like, a new idea, like something you want to do, or just a new concept or a new idea, it's fragile, man. It's fragile. Like, you it really need to nurturing, you know? Like, there are some ideas I don't even tell anyone, or I tell two people who I know will help me nurture the idea as opposed to just out the gate, tell me it's a bad idea or give me reasons why it's a bad idea. Because I know that the, the idea is too, is too, is too far, is too in its infancy yeah. at this point to be hearing no's mm. right now, right? You've you got to let it, you know, because ideas, they take, you know, they take very small, fragile forms yeah. at the beginning. Other people's fears right? could crush your dreams. And, and, that, yeah. and, that, and that is terrifying. Yeah. And, I, and I've had to do it sometimes where someone's told me reasons why I can't do something and I've had to com- translate it in my head reasons they can't yes. do the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. You know what I mean? I'm like, no, okay, what they're telling me is what they can't do, not what I can't yep. do. You know what I mean? that Because people, uh, uh, most of what people put out is actually just a projection of, of, intern- of stuff existing, right? So... Um, yeah, the biggest yeah. Anyway. burden that a child has to bear is the unlived life of the parent. It's a quote yeah. from somewhere, which yeah, I think during those formative years, all you get is those projections. Yeah, definitely. Um, and that's that's why it's such an formative part of of who you become. Yeah. yeah. Listen, um, I've got dinner plans. <laughs> Like I gotta go. Are you gonna post it on Instagram? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not on Instagram anymore, John. Good man, mate. He's gonna TikTok it. <laughs> I don't even know if that's using the no, right. What context. am I gonna do? I'm gonna OnlyFans it. Only, OnlyFans <laughs> for my OnlyFans. Or yeah. is like retro? Go full retro and like Snapchat it or something, or or Vine it. Oh, if, mate. If, if Vine's the thing. Vine, Vine it, it, you know. That was famous for what five Vine, minutes. I'm gonna put it on my AOL. <laughs> Put it in a chat room like it's 97. Tumblr, mate. Go on. Google Plus it. <laughs> oh, my days. oh, brilliant. Uh, thank you so much, John. It's, it's always always a pleasure having you on the podcast. It's always great because we always get into... We always take things way more deeper than I, than I think we're going to do it in a conversation, and that's just perfect. And we'll have you on again very, very soon for another deep conversation about something, I'm sure. Deep conversations. <laughs> it's it's been such a pleasure, and I've really enjoyed this kind of stuff. And I I think this is why I value good writing. If you couldn't tell, I like books. Um, but <laughs> don't like people books. that sit with these ideas like we have and articulate it well holds so much value. And I think yeah. that's that's the value that I get from it. So yeah, people should read the books about this kind of stuff and take in those ideas and, and listen to those authorities, not me <laughs> spinning my, <laughs> my own assumptions about, the, about what they say. But yeah, I have really enjoyed doing this. And, and I, yeah, I think that's why I hold so much respect for, for the people that, that I read and, and listen to, because they have given this a lot of thought and put it, and they've come from the perspective of how can I give value to someone else? Um, and it's it's done so i've got a book recommendation actually 
Actually, turning the tables. I've got I've competition, got John. Um, someone's just put the Hoover on in the flat. Um, get some of that, Chris. Right, book. It's called Mindset by Carol Dweck. I read it about eight hundred years ago, and it talks about the difference between growth mindset and a fixed mindset. So, fixed mindset has is like limiting beliefs. I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't do this. Growth mindset is like I'm doing this and I'm getting better at doing it. Right, that sort of thing. I'm not perfect at it, but I embrace failure, um, and that sort of thing. Anyway, that well, maybe it's not about that because I read it ages ago. That that is exactly what it's about. I reckon. And I think it's also awesome. incredibly powerful. Chris, I did one, mate. I did a book recommendation, like some sort of John Holt. <laughs> that sounds like a terrible thing, a John Holt. <laughs> a John Holt. Yeah, he's only gone and done God, a John did, Holt. Only, God, I went to the pub last night. Only when I did a John Holt. Didn't That's I? even worse, <laughs> lad. <laughs> Just standing in a pub, like recommending books to random people. <laughs> <laughs> mate, mate, you got some books. Mate. Have you read E Myth? E Myth, mate. Try it. You having a good book, mate? <laughs> How's your marriage? <laughs> I'm, sh- I'm sure that would go down. Oi, incredible. Oi, well. how to win friends, mate? Mate, do influence people. <laughs> Brilliant. Moral of the story. Uh, yeah. Unsolicited book recommendations get you a reputation. Dot <laughs> com. <laughs> On that bombshell. Yeah. Guys, I've got to go. I've got got things yeah, to do, people nice. to see, things to eat. Cool. All right, guys. Thanks. Thanks, guys. I think we fixed it. I think yeah. we fixed the whole yeah, thing. That's so fine. That's all good. We can, I can I can edit it out and put some stuff in there and have people chatting. Yeah. yeah. Could you actually could you try and like maybe just post produce some value into it? That'd oh, be great. Okay, cool.